Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Okay, well, here we are. We're live. We're back. It is Tuesday. It's in the huddle. It's me. It's Miles. It's producer Dave. And we're grading the Vikings. So uh, stick around. We got a bit of a rolling, and we'll be back. Talk to you soon. Hey, play the music. Huddle Around as Climbing the Pocket Network presents Jason and the Boys talking everything Minnesota Vikings. What up, what up, what up? We are live. We are back. My name is Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And I am joined, as always, by wide receiver one, DB one, Miles Gorham, my man. How you doing? How you been? What's going on? Doing pretty good. Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Chilling, man. And of course, we got producer Dave. How's it going, Dave? Rocking the lake monster. Love it, love it, love it. And all right, let's hop to it. And as as always... You know, this episode, Dave reminding me, you know, because if I don't do these things, I will get in trouble, that this show and all the shows on the Climbing the Pocket Network are sponsored, are brought to you by Lake Monster Brewing. And uh, Aaron, David, Brian, thanks for uh, dropping some skulls in the chat. Today, we're going to switch things up. You know, it's the off season. We're in a bit of a lull. Teams are a bit quiet right now as they're starting to do their, not starting, but like wrapping up their final draft preparations. It's smoke season. Every draft prospect is either having a precipitous fall or shooting up draft boards, but we're not going to get into all that. Tyler, he gives you all that good stuff on Mondays. We are going to go with a little bit of a different concept for our show today that was inspired by Deshaun. Dave, could you throw the tweet up that, uh, that Deshaun shared with us there? And what's up, Lene? I hope I said that right. Thanks for joining us. Always happy to have you here. This is the tweet. Love it. So Deshaun went through, did an exercise where he decided to rank all of the Vikings position groups, assuming all the players are healthy. And so we decided that we're going to do something similar. We're going to go through position group by position group, give kind of our thoughts on like how that group grades out, and then think about where we think that that group kind of stacks up against the competition for the Vikings in the NFC. So, as always, we encourage your comments. Uh, we're looking to hear from you. We want to know what, you, what you're thinking about these rankings as well. And uh, we're going to jump right into it. And, of course, Miles, we're going to start with the group that probably gets the most conversation but probably should be among the least controversial, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback group for the Vikings. What grade would you give that group? And uh, where would you say the quarterback group ranks? In the NFC. So when you, especially at quarterback, I think the one area, I think the number you put at quarterback 
is obviously mostly weighted by the starter. So I think I think nine in general is pretty accurate. If you want to just look at like Kirk Cousins in the NFL across the league, uh, you could say Kirk's. You know, you could find you could fluctuate Kirk being the ninth to maybe the fourteenth, fifteenth best. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, quarterback in the league. And so I, I have no issues with with saying he's in the, he's ninth. I could you you could say tenth, eleventh, twelfth. You know, you wouldn't hear a stink from me. So I think that's totally fine. I Ian, you're exactly right. That's what I was going to say next. We, we should probably bump him up a little bit more because of man. You know, um, Mond and Mannion probably make like when you look at like the depth and and like backup position at quarterback with Mond being still unknown. I can't sit here and like give him a positive grade. So you, you're probably looking at one of the I won't say worst backup situations in the league, but it's definitely one of the less least. Talented, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard because, like I said, yeah. Well, and, and like we know who Mannion is. Mannion is more of the like true like classroom backup quarterback than he is the on field upside guy on the field as your backup quarterback. So um, there is value to that. Which, um, but Mond is the the one guy we just have no idea about, and right now all we know of is he's not good. So um, hopefully that changes. But right now I think ninth. I think, like I said, I think anywhere between like eighth, ninth to fifteenth, you could you could rank the Vikings in that in that same like general range. It fluctuates. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna deviate a bit from uh, from Deshaun's kind of order here because we're gonna try to do this in like order of importance, not just like you know the thing <laughs> that we talk about the most often. So we're gonna skip yep, over yep. running back here, and we're gonna jump to we're gonna jump to, to wide receiver. We're gonna jump to wide receiver and uh, Deshaun. Has them at fifth. Miles, you know, we got Justin Jefferson. We got Adam Thielen. KJ Osborne had a bit of a, an emergence in, in the last season. Not much going on after those guys that, that we really know about. You know, we know the wide receiver is your thing. We know that's the position you played. We know you love yeah. to watch and study the, the, the tape on those guys. And that you watch a lot of guys that aren't on the Vikings that play wide receiver, which, you know, sometimes fans do get, like, tunnel vision on their own team and aren't really aware of, like, everything that's going on around the league. So when you think about the whole league and the whole landscape, what do you think the appropriate ranking is for the Vikings? And, like, what would you say a grade is for for our position group if everyone's healthy? This one's tough. I actually – I five feels pretty appropriate to me. I think – the tough part is like Adam Thielen. I think kind of what we've seen people like dog Dino Hunter for from injury standpoint, we're kind of getting that same thing with Thielen the last few years. Um, he's off injured. He's aging. He's still expensive. Um, and that's not to say that when he, when he is playing, he's a really good player. Um, but um, I think as he ages, we just don't know exactly how well he's going to do over the next, this year coming off his injury, off his surgery. Um, the hope is he just returns to form and, and can stay healthy. But I think as a whole, um, I mean, is it, the wide receiver group is a strength. Um, fifth might be, I'm like trying to look across the league. I, the Bengals are probably number one. Um, I, you could argue the Steelers are up there still. Uh, I know they got rid of Juju, but they're still pretty solid. Um, where's the other team I was looking at? Um, the Bills. The Bills are solid. Um, but I'd say I'd still get the edge of the Vikings. I think the 49ers are pretty good. Seahawks with their duo. Uh, the Raiders now jump into the conversation because of um, adding Devontae Adams. The Chargers, pretty solid. Broncos, um, probably the deepest wide receiver group in the league. Um, and then 
Um, I'd say the Buccaneers might round that out um, with a pretty solid group. So um, the Rams, too. Thank you, Steve. The Rams. Uh, can't forget about the Rams. Um, that's a really good group as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, that fifth range uh, is a pretty solid number for the Vikings. But I think that number could change really depending on what happens with Thielen and Osborne over the next couple of years. Awesome. And so, like, we'll get into it in a little bit. Actually, no, let's get into it right now because it's something that we've talked yeah, about a little bit. I was just going to say, do we want to get into it? As, as yeah. we think about it. Yeah, like, um, so, you know, with that in mind, like, you know, healthy, the Vikings have a really solid receiver group. But if you're thinking about, like, how these things should inform potentially draft strategy, um, how would you play the wide receiver class this year? And I know that you've talked maybe about grabbing one at 12, but, like, as time has gone on and you've dug in a little bit more to the receivers that are out there, it seems as though you're maybe not as high on this wide receiver class as some other folks. And so are you maybe thinking that we don't need to go right away or we should go later? Or how are you thinking about the way the Vikings should approach, you know, adding to depth or adding talent to that wide receiver group? Well, so I'll start. I, I think it's a good group of wide receivers. I don't think you have as many wide receivers that are high to mid to mid round first round picks um, talent wise. Like I think there are, I think this is a good group of wide receivers as a whole. I just don't think you have the five, six guys that are like first round worthy. You know, you have, I do think there are guys that, could potentially be there at 12 for the Vikings that I'd have no problems taking. I think, you know, you look at Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, um, you could even throw Burks. And then I'm, I'm a big Jahan Dotson guy. I don't think he's going to go that high, but I think, I think he's like a back end, back end of the first round type of type of receiver that the Vikings traded back. I'd have no issues taking. Um, and then Drake London's the other guy. I think he's getting a lot of that combo too, but um, I'm not sure, you know, you take all those guys and think they're automatic jump jump starting your entire offense and making like high end immediate impact. But I still think there's a lot of impact that they can make. And so um, if that's the route the Vikings want to go, um, I kind of mentioned earlier that Adam Thielen's going to be 32 when the season starts. He's been injured. They just redid his contract, but there still is an out after this season. So if you see, a, see aging, aging comes for everybody at some point besides Tom Brady, he doesn't count. But like aging comes for everybody and it's starting to feel like it could be coming for Thielen, mainly from the, like, the injury standpoint. Um, when he is healthy, he's still really good. But I think the Vikings need to be thinking about the long-term um, future, too. And um, wide receiver is super expensive. We just saw how many guys. We, we saw two guys get uh, wide receiver contracts of 20, 25 plus, 30, $30 million plus you know, per year for, uh, for Hill, for Tyreek Hill. And then Devontae Adams got the $28 million. So, um, when the numbers start to spike, you can only expect a guy like Justin Jefferson to get a number, you know, probably higher than that in a couple of years. So um, I think at that point, when you start thinking about long term, you need to have guys that are cheaper, but guys that are, you know, under control, but are talented. So I think, you know, you might start seeing teams take wide receivers in the first round more often because teams are playing more than two, three receivers at a time. They're playing three, four, five. And so you got to have depth got to have talent and i think if if we were to even just look at the uh, the rams model the rams have constantly drafted wide receivers now they haven't hit on every all those guys but they're constantly bringing in wide receivers um to their team and so you know they just signed Allen robinson but they traded they had robert woods cooper cup um van Je- they drafted van jefferson in the second round and they drafted uh who's the kid they drafted last year that i'm drawing a blank on um someone will remind, remind me but um 
what's his name? Let me pull it up real quick. Um, Tutu Atwell. They drafted him in the second round last year. They they signed Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, during the season. Like they they've constantly created you know depth and talent to the wide receiver room because they know how much of an impact it has on an offense. And I think I kind of hope to see that same thing with Kevin O'Connell um, coming from that model and and having you know the t- the talent the Vikings do currently have, but also looking ahead. The draft isn't just about focusing on now; it's about the future. And I think uh, if you can have a guy, um, if, yeah, if you can have a guy in um, for five years on a cost-controlled team, then I think um, I think you're solid. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's move along to uh, probably the only position that uh, that the Vikings fandom talks about more than the quarterback would be the offensive line. So uh, Deshaun had the offensive line at 20th. But if you're looking at, like, you know, pass blocking grades, which would be the most important thing over the last few years, the Vikings have been, you know, much lower than that 20th, you know, kind of hanging around around, you know, 26, 27, 28. And then, you know, a run blocking is a little better than that. But at the end of the day, you're probably not going to win the Super Bowl on the back of your run blocking. Like, you're going to need to be able to, to protect your quarterback. So with, you know, the additions that we've made the kind of the bargain basement shopping that we're looking to do which is what they kind of should be doing getting a bunch of bodies in there to compete for uh that that right guard spot you know it looks like bradbury is going to get the opportunity to come back which i know a lot of vikings fans aren't that thrilled about but it seems that most of the positions across the line are set we're going to maybe have some better coaching in here what are you thinking miles in terms like what's an appropriate ranking for this offensive line and if it's you, like, are you still looking to go back to the well when it comes to the draft? Like, what what are you doing with this offensive line based on, like, how you're seeing them stack up across the rest of the league? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you hope top 25. Um, I do think they're – I think when you, when you look at the foundation of the offensive line, I think they're fine. I think, you know, you have the two bookend tackles, long-term, young. Um, I think – and Ezra Cleveland's a guy who's been – you're hoping can continue to to um, to progress at left guard. I think there's room for Bradbury to grow. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to make a major jump in 2022, but I'm hoping you know some of the scheme and some of the uh, um, offensive line development from the coach can help just shore up some of the small things. Like I said, I don't expect if Bradbury is going to improve, it's going to be like this major jump. But you just kind of hope he can take some small strides, and then obviously you can move on at that point. Um, which is fine. Like you can move on after the season from from Bradbury, fine, right? But I think he can be serviceable for you um, in 2022, and and not be the guy that like hinders you from from going to the playoffs, for example. Um, but um, I think the the guard, the right guard situation, I'm good with. I like the fact that they got Chris Reed on a two year deal, and I I would assume the deal is small. Um, but what I like about the two year deal is it allows you to have long term depth that you can plan for and establish depth that you can plan for. So you don't have to worry about, so you have Jesse Davis on a one-year deal, Chris Reed on a two-year deal, and then you have uh, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis is obviously the wild card, but you have a guy who you could probably slot into at least both guard spots, maybe even center with Reed, but you have that guy who could maybe slide into any three of those spots in a pinch next year as well. You can like pencil him in for your first spot as depth next year, as better in depth too. And so, you don't have to worry about some of that. Um, and then, obviously, you have Jesse Davis, who I think at right guard is a lot better than he is as, as a swing tackle. So um, you like the competition. Um, but I do expect, to your point, 
I expect them to dive back in the, in the draft at some point. I don't expect it to be early. I think people are going to be frustrated that they might not take a center early, but I think kind of what Rick Spielman did for a long time is he didn't touch interior, interior offensive line in the draft until, what, third, fourth, fifth round. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that same thing from this new regime, um, but I think that should be fine because if you get a guy that you can develop and have as depth, and maybe even competition for Bradbury, especially at center, um, I think that's great. I think uh, where Jake Jake mentioned Jurgens and uh, Strange, I think both two guys you could get early on day three um, could provide some of that depth or, or competition and then maybe even re- replace a guy like Bradbury next year. So um, I think that should be the way they go. They're, at, they're past the point where they're probably, they can't likely afford a better center in free agency. You don't trade for one, and then you shouldn't take one early in the draft. So you have Bradbury. Let's see if you can, you know, maybe use coaching and scheme to help him out this year and then, you know, find somebody in the draft um, in the mid rounds. Yeah, and I think that's the way to go. And I, and one of the funny things is, like, just because it hasn't worked for us as the Vikings doesn't mean that it's something right. that is a poor strategy to, like, go mid-rounds for the interior O-line. 100%. Like, generally speaking, that's where you're going to get the most surplus value in the draft, drafting those guys and bringing those guys in, like you said, where you get to look to the future. I think too often uh, during the, the, the Spielman and Zimmer era, we were drafting to plug holes right away. So we were drafting guys that had to come right. in, had to play. And with a lot of players, especially players in the trenches, it's actually beneficial for them to come in, not have the burden of playing right away, get in the NFL weight room, get stronger, learn better yep. technique, and then potentially develop into a player that you can rely on down the road. And that's something that we just frankly haven't seen enough of uh, as Vikings fans here recently is like those depth pieces getting a chance to develop and turn into maybe not stars for your team, but just guys who can come in and be solid contributors. And so, yeah, if we wait and pick up some of these guys a little bit later on, but like they're given an opportunity to actually develop and grow, um, they could still pay dividends for us down the road. Like this draft, like you keep saying, like everyone keeps saying, shouldn't be about this year. It really should be about looking to the future of the team and building a contender beyond just the next season. So I I certainly hope that they get some guys, they take some shots at it, but I really hope it's not something early because yeah, it's just not the position you should be drafting super early. Yeah. Yeah. Let's touch on that real quick, Jason. Cause one thing I was looking at, so the Vikings currently, like when you talk about the draft and we talk about the future, the draft should be about the future. The like the 2022 draft should be about 2023, 2024, 2025. Those are the players you hope you hit on well, a couple of those guys that are foundations for you moving, moving into the future. So I was looking at the Vikings like depth chart and I was looking at like, who are guys that are on expiring deals this year that you should probably be considering replacing in the draft long-term. Um, you know, maybe you bring a couple of these guys back, but like in general, you should be trying to like rinse and repeat some of these guys um, long-term rather than having to pay them. Um, as de- especially if they're like depth rotational pieces, you should be trying to replace those those players in the draft. So like um, looking at like I'll start at quarterback. Mannion's the guy. Not really worried about that. Um, so maybe maybe they go late round. I would assume like a UDFA quarterback will come in. Um, but looking at running back, you got you have Cook, who's expensive and aging, and a guy that after this who's at who's had injury concerns. So but then you also have Madison, who's who's on expiring. He's a he'll be a free agent after this year. So um, you obviously have Kenny Nwangwu, Wangwu, um, in the fold already, which is great. Um, so maybe running back isn't one that you too, have to worry about too much right now to focus on the future. Um, but they could, it wouldn't be surprising 
if they brought in somebody late in the draft or even a UDFA um, long term. Uh, but then you look at wide receiver; they're actually pretty. They're set up pretty well with Osborne, um, uh, Amir Smith, Marset. Um, those two guys as depth and rotation. Adams, Adam Thielen. We don't know what what will happen with him beyond twenty twenty two. Obviously, he's under contract for next year, but we don't know. And then BC Johnson, another guy who's coming off from injury, um, he'll he'll also be on an expiring. So we'll see what happens there. Um, like I said, we talked about. I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to add an impact player at wide receiver um, fairly early in the draft. Um, and then wide receiver, our tight end, you got Irv Smith, who's on an expiring, and they they just lost Tyler Conklin. So I wouldn't be surprised if tight end in in the you know mid to late rounds is another thing that they try to do in a similar way let's draft somebody in the fifth sixth you know round develop them see if there's somebody that can stick obviously i think um irv smith's a guy that you want to build with long term but um you know you, you never know uh, and then looking at the offensive line the interior offensive line you got bradbury Jer- uh, jesse davis and um schlotman i don't know his first name um those guys are all on expiring I would assume Bradbury's not getting his option picked up. Um, those guys are expiring. So we talked about center, interior offensive line. Don't be surprised, like we said, if if that position gets gets touched on uh, fairly, you know, mid to early in the draft. Um, and then uh, offensive tackle, you got Darison O'Neal long term, so that's fantastic. But Udo, your swing tackle right now, um, he's on an expiring, so he's a guy that you might want to consider. Um, replacing, um, but we'll see because you have your established guys, so you might not need to focus on that too much. Um, on defense, though, those are the there's two positions specific. Well, besides, we'll get into cornerback, but like two positions I think that are getting slept on as a, as long term needs: off, uh, outside linebacker, uh, edge rusher. You know, Daniel Hunter and um, um, Zadarius Smith, both guys injured, expensive. Their guy. Well, I, I know Smith isn't expensive this year, but like his contract gets more expensive. Um, those are guys, and then you got DJ Wanham behind them, which I think Wanham as a rotational guy could be fine, um, but I think that could be a position. I wouldn't be surprised if if they found a guy in, at twelve or like trade back second day, day two, something like that, where they grabbed an you know edge rusher um, to replace one of those two long term. Um, and then the other other position I think gets slept on for depth and long term potential is uh, defensive end. So add to the shift to this new defense. We need to understand that defensive end is no longer what defensive end used to be in this defense. Defensive end is more of a like three tech type defensive tackle type of player. You're looking for more of the like 280 pound, um, you know, size defensive ends, 290 pound, not not your like defensive ends like Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter that were 250 pounds. You're looking for bigger guys that can be a little bit more stout but have some pass rush technique to them. So um, you're looking for that type. So Dalvin Thompson right now. He's one position there. He's played both nose and defensive end in this type of defense, but um, he's on an expiring. So um, I think that's a position long-term that I wouldn't be surprised if they focus on. Um, And then uh, the only other position, we'll we'll talk about safety and cornerback. Um, Cornerback obviously has Patrick Peterson, Cam Dancer, and and, uh, Chandon Sullivan. All three guys, um, you got got Dancer who you, you hope, can be your, a long-term cornerback for you. He's in. He's going into year three, so you got two more years with him, at least. Um, but the one guy, uh, Patrick Peterson and, and Chandon Sullivan, you need to you need to have long-term bodies at the at, at that position. You have Harrison too that they signed, and um, uh, I think there was one other guy that they signed. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but they're depth guys, uh, depth and competition, yeah. which is good. But lo- long-term, 
they don't have Ty Smith they brought back too, but um, long-term they just don't have um, the bodies at, at cornerback. So they need to develop some guys. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they addressed it with multiple p- positions in the draft um, at that spot. Let's hope so. Oh, Let's then, hope so. And then like, safety's the last safety's the last one. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned like you know all the groups there and some of the places that we really should be looking at maybe adding some depth. And so like let's keep going through. Let's finish out the offense here. So we got through yeah. some of like the key positions, the ones that we talk about a lot there. And you talked running back. You said you know we got some players there. We got Cook, who went healthy. You know one of the best running backs in the game. Madison, probably one of the best backups in the game. Mm-hmm. And Wang Wu showed out. Showed that you know. Maybe not in the run game as much. You know, he had a couple plays here and there, but showed the explosiveness and showed that maybe if he gets a bit more coaching, a bit more playing time, a bit more experience at this level, that, you know, maybe he has a little something going on, a little something that he can maybe bring to the table. So when you're looking at our running back group and and comparing it to, you know, the rest of the league, how do we stack up? How would you grade this running back group? How would you rank them? What what did Deshaun have us? He had us, I think, at sixth. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. I think the Colts, I think, trying to look at, like, I think, I think we're, we're right up there. Uh, honestly, might even think we're, we're probably higher than six. I think the only teams that might have an argument would be the Colts, Packers, um, I, honestly, like maybe, maybe the Panthers. I don't even know. Um, the Browns? What about the and, Browns? Uh the Brown the Browns the other one because of uh Cream Hunt and uh both they have like two pretty high end starters. Uh, you said Colts, Packers, team, so Browns, Patriots. They just got a lot of bodies at it. They just throw they just throw a bunch They got a lot of bodies, but they I they got some talent. Yeah, I don't out. think they have it's not more talented than, than what the Vikings have though. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, honestly I, I think that might be it. And then but to be honest, the Vikings have an argument to be better than any of those teams in any, in, you know, like you can make the argument for it from like a depth and Dalvin Cook being, you know, when he's healthy, you know, one of, if not, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. So, I mean, yeah, they got a top five unit um, at running back, which is good. I mean, it's 2022. I, I don't know how great that is, <laughs> but like. They're talented, so like at the end of the day, I don't want to I don't want to downplay that, but like it, it is at a position that isn't as um, truly as impactful. And I do wonder in the new offense how much of a shift we'll see away from Dalvin Cook being the sole focal point of the offense. Yeah, and Deshaun didn't even bother to rank the tight ends because you know in his view, like tight ends <laughs> really were a big part of the Rams' offense. You know, they were just kind of there blocking, doing sure. some things, but like. When you look at, you know, the tight end, which kind of seems to be like a great unknown for us. You know, we got Irv flashed in training camp, but like we haven't really seen much from him. We got Munt. Uh, like who else? Like I don't, I don't really even know. Like we just got like some dudes out here. Uh, yeah. Like what are your thoughts Literally. on like an appropriate ranking for that, for that position? And like does it even really matter in your view that we're like maybe not as established or great at that position as, as some other teams? I mean, because of the – like the lack of like stability and like unknown, you got to put us at the bottom, bottom tier. Uh, I don't think Mund Mund is better than, you know, most backup tight ends. I think he's probably right in that average range of backup tight ends, maybe even below that. Um, Irv Smith, 
I, I think the potential is there, but again, you were going into year four with Irvin. We're still talking about the potential because he sat behind Rudolph for a couple of years. He, he was really, he's been good when he's playing and has opportunities, but he hasn't the year he was supposed to be the guy he got hurt. So, um, like I said, I think that the talent and ability is all there for Irv Smith to be, you know, a top half of the league tight end. Uh, it's just, we haven't seen it yet. So I think it's hard to just like automatically say he is that guy. Um, but, um, as a unit, they're not very good. Like we have Ben Ellison and uh, Zach Davidson as, as the other guys. So <laughs> not, not yet, Steve, not yet. Maybe, maybe not yet. Someday. Not yet. Soon, soon. All right. Well, let's flip. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Let's uh, yeah. let's get to the side of the ball that people seem to be a bit more concerned about. Which you know, it's a bit ironic like during the Zim years that uh, you know we put so much focus on the defense. You know, at the end, it was not great. Um, but we'll, we'll jump in. And so uh, again, going to deviate a bit from Deshaun's order here uh, because you know we are we are friends of, of pro football focus around these parts and like coverage in today's NFL where passing is so important is king, you know? And so let's start with the cornerback group. Deshaun has our cornerback group ranked 16th. He has them right dead mid pack. What I've seen from most Vikings fans is it feels like that's an optimistic ranking of the Vikings cornerback group. Um, Very, very. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on, on where the Vikings stack up from a coverage perspective uh yeah at, at corner where would you put them right now i mean i kind of have to look at it similar to uh like what you would say about the offensive line like you have you have bodies you got guys that you're like hey they're not bad but you don't have any game changers like patrick peterson isn't a, isn't what he used to be and that's okay like they obviously got a way better deal on him this year than they did last year um so i think bringing him back was fantastic at that, at that number cam dancer is still a guy kind of like Irv smith where you're like, can he be that guy? Like, can he be a, a shutdown, lockdown type of corner? Um, we haven't seen enough of it. We haven't, you know, it's pretty inconsistent. Hopefully, you know, we know he'll get opportunity this year to be that guy. So hopefully he steps up, steps up and can be that. Shannon Sullivan, I think he's a solid nickel, but I don't think he's anything special. I think he's an upgrade over McKenzie, but McKenzie was bad last year. So, um, but you paid, they're paying them very similar dollars anyway. So, um, I can't sit here and say that 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 group that that trio right now is like top half of the league or even like right in the middle. They're worse than that. Like when you look at it on paper, there just isn't enough proof to say that they are. Um, you hope that they take that step, and you hope you know whoever they add um, can maybe even bump them up a little bit higher. But I can't sit here and say that they're like 16th. I'd say they're probably closer to like 22, you know, in that 22 to 25 range right now. All right. So with what you're saying, like most most folks, most fans are saying like cornerback needs to be the pick. Like when you go and look at most mock drafts, it is one of the top cornerbacks, whichever one falls and is like, you know, available is the pick. Like everyone is basically saying we need to take one in the first round and we probably need to take multiple cornerbacks throughout this draft to really add some depth and some talent to that room that you said. Like, yeah, we just we kind of have some dudes out there. Um, Yep. Yeah, how is the lack of depth and the fact that the cornerback position is so important in today's NFL, how is that informing the way that you'd be going at this draft if it was you making the calls? Well, I've always been about best player available, so I'm not about trying to reach just because of position and need. 
my thing is you going into a draft, I know like the cap situation does factor into like not being able to just go sign everybody to fill every, every need when you're, you know, tight against the cap. But in an ideal world, good teams find ways to fill their, fill their holes before the draft so that there isn't a major need going into the draft. Because if you have major needs going into the draft, that's when you start like changing your philosophies. And, and that's what we saw with the old regime. They would, we, we, we knew what position was being drafted early uh, by the old regime, you know? And so we can assume those, those positions, but I don't think you should just automatically say, Hey, it has to be this position because this is what our biggest need is. That player has to line up to that position um, in so many ways. So um, obviously I think if the right guy falls and hits you at 12, you take him, but you don't force the pick if, if a guy isn't there. Um, but I, I do think in an ideal world, they should add another veteran cornerback um, on the cheap because they don't have any money. But um, but I think they need to add another veteran body to it anyways. Um, but in the draft, I, I definitely think they need to take at least two two guys in the draft, one early and one mid, kind of like the 20, 2020 draft. Um, I know the whole Jeff Gladney situation, but like take one early and then take one third, fourth round if you can. Or they don't have a fourth round pick. Jesus Christ. Um, Chris Herndon. Um, but like you have six round picks, maybe you move up, but like take take multiple bodies at cornerback. Um, Jesus, I forgot that they don't have a fourth. Wow, man. Oh my God. Um We gotta trade back. But yeah. Like we I mean, I feel like trading back has to be the move. If there was ever a year that we need to trade back, like this needs to be the one in which they do so. Amass them like at yeah. least some more yeah. mid round picks. Don't gather up all the seventh yeah. rounders like we used to, but like Get some more mid round picks. That that's where everyone seems to say the strength of this draft the, is. It's kind have, of in those yeah. mid rounds. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, let's hope. Yes, it, I hope they go after yeah. it like that. Yeah. They have three six round picks. Use some of those to move up. Like yeah. you don't have to draft six players on on late day three. Draft a lot of those players in the in the middle rounds and draft one or two guys late in the late rounds. Like should we try to get yeah. as much early talent as you can? Yep, I'm definitely with it. All right, let's move on to defensive line. And like you said, defensive line, it's a bit different. So, like, how do you want to chop this up? Because, you know, defensive line in the old regime was, in the old scheme, was, you know, our our nose tackles, our pass rushers. In this scheme, it's a bit different. So when you're thinking about now just kind of the big boys down there taking up space, freeing up, you know, the edge rushers, how are you how are you ranking us? Deshaun has us at, at sixth, which feels like incredibly generous when we're thinking about our big boys. Where do you see Six, wow. us with just like the defensive line? Yeah. I, mean, I suspect I, he's including say, Hunter and, and Zadarius in there. Yeah, I mean you kind of have to. They like, yes, they're considered outside linebackers, but they're like and they're stand up they're stand up outside linebackers, but like they're, they're defensive linemen. They just don't have their hands in the dirt. Um, I mean, I think if you include that, I think they're solid. I think it's a good group. I think the depth, um, you have some decent depth. Like Armand Watts, who's also going to be a free agent that I forgot about. Um, you have him and Lynch as a, and, and Kenny Willekes as like rotational depth pieces. Um, maybe one of those guys like an Armand Watts can steal that other defensive end spot. Um, but in general, like it's a lot of unknown behind Phillips and, and Tomlinson on the interior. Um, 
that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised. Like an um, uh, Karloftis, uh, uh, George Karloftis, like if that dude from Purdue, um, if he was if he was available at twelve, he could be a guy that they consider, and maybe he plays that defensive end role, um, and he can you know rush the passer at defensive end, you know opposite Tomlinson and and next to guys like Smith and and Hunter, uh, maybe he's that guy. Um, I don't know, but um, that position needs needs to be addressed, and they they probably need to find somebody like like their JJ Watt type. That's the kind of player I think of when I think of that defensive end position, uh, JJ Watt type. And so um, that's the kind of guy that they got to look for, and they can find it great. Um, but they do need another body there. Outside linebacker, they got anybody um, on the roster that you think could grow into that? Because I know that uh, names escaping me right now. I think it's Janarius, uh, late round pick. He's working uh, so, out with Den- with Danelle this off this off season with the Footwork King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is he someone so, that you think maybe could develop into a, a role and be a contributor? How are you looking at kind of because he has got the long arms that you're looking for, kind of. You know, stack and shed type yeah. player probably needs to put a bit more weight on, get a little bit stronger. But like, is there anyone like him that you think maybe he might inform a bit of how they go at things in the draft? We're like, hey, there's someone that maybe we can develop here, or is it still let's let's add bodies, let's add them early. Uh, we need talent at these positions. Well, so you look at you look at a guy like um, Janaris Robinson and Patrick Jones. Patrick Jones is I, so Janaris Robinson is more that outside linebacker type. He's probably going to fit that that mold outside linebacker um, off the edge. Patrick Jones, he could be a guy that I do wonder because he's not quite as athletic. Maybe he becomes a guy that you ask to beef up a little bit and he could play it like a rotational defensive end for you in the 3-4. That's a guy that I'm wondering about kind of where they see if if there's a fit there with him. Um, And then Kenny Willekes is another guy who's who's flashed a little bit over the last couple of years. He's had had some injuries, but he's flashed. Um, He's a guy that maybe you could – maybe try to slot into that, that type of role on the cheap, see if he could can continue to develop. I know James Lynch got mentioned. I think, you know, maybe he's a guy that fit that from college. He fit that role in college, and maybe it's a more of a natural fit for him. Uh, and then uh, Jalen Twyman, um, I'm not sure how much of a fit, but he's coming off the, you know, last year he got, um, the, he got shot, which was, you know, pretty crazy. And, you know, glad he's okay. You hope he can he can come back and maybe he can, show you something I wouldn't he's obviously it's not something you could rely on but maybe it's something he could show in camp um on that interior all right well we're just gonna pretend that we it sounds like we kind of looked at that a bit like we're in nickel we're in four three we got our we yeah. got you know Danielle and we got uh Zedarius on the outside we got the guys that we recognize on the inside there so linebacker uh this is another position where you know uh I mean, Deshaun has his top 10. How are you feeling about that? Not that it really matters. I, mean, I think that's fine. Spend too much time on it, but yeah. like, top 10. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like running back. Uh, it's they're good. I think they have Eric Hendricks is a really good linebacker. I think Jordan Hicks is a solid um, number two inside linebacker in this, in this defense. And I think both guys can cover, which is the one thing you want them to be able to do um, at that, at, at their roles. And I think, um, I think they're solid. I think saying top 10 for that um it's just fine all right safety bring us safety. home yeah yeah I, so safety where did he have a safety i, I would i would assume decently high i think can buy him yeah he didn't rank safety no, and tight end but he ranked that's fine. punt that's fine punt kicker and punt return you know i'm gonna have to talk to our oh, man after the yeah. show here because i'm not really understanding this yeah. at all but like safety how, how are we <laughs> feeling about it 
So safety, obviously you have Harrison Smith, but he's aging um, and he's still expensive. He's a guy that obviously I'm, he's, he's really good still. He's playing at a, still at a, at a high level. He's a guy that, um, you know, he's still one of the top safeties in the league. Cam Bynum's an unknown, but he played well. Um, he, he did play well in the spot starts he played last season. I think he's a guy that that position opposite Smith should be his to lose right now. And maybe you bring in another veteran, um, which they do need. They need depth there um, more than anything. Um, but if you can find another veteran, I think that'd be fine. But I think they're, I think they're fine. I think um, they need to add bodies, though. So I'm not going to sit here and say like they're ready to go into the season. But like I think they can draft somebody late, mid mid to late, and I think they could um, sign a, another veteran on the minimum to be uh, depth. Well, Matt, that's it. We made it through the positions we're going to talk about because we're definitely talk, not talking about talk. the kickers and punters. No, like we're good. The one thing I wanted to mention. Like we're good. I, no, I just wanted to mention. I wanted to mention the return game. You can't. You can't say we're top three. We don't even know who the punt returner is. You could say we're a top three kick return team. We don't know who the punt returner is, though. That's it. Yeah, that's all exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Camp. We'll figure that out. So. uh I know we've said it a lot. We've gone like, you know, it's exciting. Like we've talked about a lot of things. I will say like with where we are, I am very excited about like draft season and yeah. just kind of really seeing that the Vikings can go any direction that they want to. They can trade back. There's already rumors. There's already things being put out there where the Vikings might be an attractive trade partner for someone looking to come up to get one of the, the, uh, the offensive Let's linemen. Uh, can we, can we yeah, go ahead, real quick, Jason? Yeah, so, for sure. We're at 12. We're at 12. I know the quarterback situation is like, we don't know where the, that position is going to fall. But the one thing you kind of just hit on, the Vikings are in a perfect position right now for any team that's looking to trade up for an offensive tackle, quarterback, or wide receiver. You could even potentially say edge rusher. I'm not, maybe the Vikings need to take that player <laughs> if he's at 12. But, you know, maybe maybe it's a, not a fit positionally. So um, the Vikings are in a perfect spot, similar to last year, for like the the Giants. And the uh, the Cowboys who traded who did, who both traded back in their um, last year at those similar spots, the Vikings are in a really good spot to to trade back if the board falls a certain way and some of those teams are looking to move up for a specific uh, position or player. I love it. We've been talking about team trade back for a while. Like maybe this is the year that we yeah. finally get like you know our wish appropriate trade back. Maybe get some more. Maybe recoup that mid round pick or. Maybe get some some future picks because it looks like right now we saw it recently. I think it was what the uh, the Saints and Eagles, where you know you can really take advantage of somebody if you're willing to take a, take take advantage of the the discount by by taking your picks the the following year. So you know, hopefully we can get in that market, get some uh, some more some more bullets for the for the the QB class of you know 2023, and uh, and see what we do with all yep. that. But that's it. That's all. That's the show. We made it through. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say shout out to all y'all who made your way over to the Facebook feed after making it over to YouTube and finding out things were not working the way they were supposed to restream fighting us a little bit tonight. So shout out to all y'all who made it over as always. We love chopping it up with all of you in the comments and, uh, Oh, we got producer Dave up. He's not smiling. Producer Dave does not like when things do not go the way they are supposed to right now. So he's fired up right now but it was a lot of fun talking to miles talking to all of y'all anyone who you know was trying to watch this on youtube 
you're probably watching on YouTube now because producer Dave is going to go ahead and get this up on YouTube right, right away. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's the show. Thanks, as always, to everyone. Thanks to Lake Monster Brewing. And uh, Dave, what's cracking, man? How you doing? Smile. Besides being a Smile, little it's okay. perturbed. I, didn't, <laughs> you know, I originally thought it was restream, restream. I don't think it is. I checked Restream. They're pumping out the signal to YouTube. It was YouTube that never caught the link. And I apologize for that. Sometimes that happens. I'm going to blame my buddy and head of uh, Daily Norseman, Christopher Gates, the weatherman. It was probably <laughs> solar spots like we used to complain about before. But I'm glad everybody made it over and everybody watched either on the Climbing the Pocket page or the Daily Norseman page. Uh, that's why we're partnered with Daily Norseman to get shows out on multiple streams so you guys can watch wherever and enjoy the show. Tomorrow night we have Vikings Happy Hour and we will have a guest. Don't know who it is right now. I haven't looked, but I can guarantee it because we have guest booked now in through the draft on Vikings Happy Hour. So, join us tomorrow night. Break out some beer, preferably Lake Monster. They're great, especially I love some of their IPAs. And uh, we may even, this is a surprise, have a Vikings hot take on Thursday. The boys are discussing doing that. It shocked me. I love it. Well, that's it. That's all. Thanks to all of y'all. Like, subscribe, all of that wonderful stuff. And like Bo said, thank you for all your behind-the-scenes work, Dave. And uh, one more one more request, Dave. Play the music. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing home of the best beer in Minnesota. Let's go, everybody.